Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host Joan Millmine and this is episode 85, The Little Grey Girl, an interview with Jem Dudley. Hello and welcome to another episode of the show. I hope you're well since last time I spoke to you. This week I have another interview episode for you. We're going to keep this one nice, short and sweet because I know a lot of you are getting ready to go off to Edinburgh Yarn Festival or indeed getting ready to not go and do something else instead to take your mind off it. You are going to get flooded on Instagram I'm afraid. Um, But hopefully I can entertain some of you on Periscope. If you're not going, I will be doing my Challenge Annika routine and going around showing you exactly what it looks like, a bit of the Atmos and all of that good stuff. Um, I am Shiny Bees on Periscope. I've not been on there for ages actually because I I was really into it and then I really wasn't. Um, But obviously this week I will be sharing Edinburgh with you and some other cool stuff as well I would have thought give you let you have a chance to see what's going on and for those of you that are going do remember to come and say hello to me I will be in the podcast lounge between half 12 and 2 on Friday and Saturday I will have sweeties I will have 1.4 kilograms of sweeties and I do not expect to take any of them home so please come and get your birthday sweeties from me say hello in the podcast lounge and if you'd like to stay for my session on content calendars on Friday and my informal Q&A session on the Saturday, both at 2pm, then you would be entirely welcome to do so. So what's been going on at Casa Shiny this week? It's been quite busy. It's been lots of exciting stuff, lots of prep, lots of cool things. We had a patron's virtual knit night last night, which was a lot of fun. Did not descend into quite the usual chaos that it, it it seems to every other time you know what knit night's like it's it oh, it just get, never gets that far before it t- it just turns ridiculous and really funny um but a great time was had by all some good enabling didn't do any knitting spent the whole time sniffing my shiny bees yarn which arrived finally after being stuck in customs for 11 days and they didn't even bother charging me customs on it. How rude is that? If you're going to keep it for 11 days, at least charge me. Don't just obviously leave it lost somewhere so I email going, where's my parcel? And then it magically gets cleared. Just as, you know, you reply to the email, we've cleared your parcel, Mrs. Millwine. Yeah, I should hope so, yarn hoarders. Um, But it's arrived and it's beautiful. And the Rewind Knit Along, if you are taking part, has started i've worn my yarn but i haven't cast on yet hoping to do that after i finish recording the podcast get a bit cheeky knitting in but i'm very excited that the shiny bees yarn has arrived so in today's episode i will not be doing any show tights i'm going to save that for a fun wrap-up bumper episode last week uh, next week rather because last week's episode was also um, quite a decent sized episode and I've got loads of lovely feedback on that as well I'm glad you all enjoyed Nick being on the show and I'm sure you'll all enjoy Gemma just as much and next week we'll have some you know a, a catch up and a round up we'll do some shout outs to the lovely people that have been emailing uh, during the week and um, just yeah just have some fun next week but this week we have Gemma Gemma um, recently, very recently opened uh, The Little Grey Girl back at the back end of 2015. The Little Grey Girl specialises in project bags of extreme beauty. 
um, that embrace the kind of minimalist and uh, more grown-up designs generally of, um, of fabric that she used to make gorgeous knitting bags. She also has a range of stitch markers. I have some. I have a podcast one that I absolutely love with a little microphone on. I've got a set of those and um, I have bought bags of hers as gifts for people. They're really beautiful and she will be vending at Edinburgh as well. She's got some exciting new stuff to share as well. Some new products for Edinburgh which she's told me about and um, you can find her over at thelittlegreygirl.com or you can find her shop on Etsy but you can spend a lovely half hour with me and her right now so without further ado we will crack into the show. So I'm delighted to welcome Gemma Dudley off the Little Grey Girl onto the podcast today. How are you, Gem? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you very much for agreeing to come onto the show and to tell us all a little bit about the Little Grey Girl and how you came to be the proprietress of such a wonderful emporium of yarny bag goodness. So can you tell us a little bit about you as a person and for those of us that don't know you that well and how you came to be interested in yarny pursuits? Of course. Um, I'm Gemma. I'm 30-something. That's probably the safest place to be. Um, I live in North London and I've been here for five or six years. Yarny Pursuits was a bit of an accident, really. My dad's wife at the time worked in John Lewis in the haberdashery department and came home with one of those like weird furry yarn kits I was like what are you doing what are you doing and she went I'm knitting a scarf and I was like what and that was it off I went to buy yarn and she hasn't knitted finished that scarf or knitted anything else and I'm still knitting away so that's kind of where my knitting came from and then it's kind of been how do you find what you're looking for if you're shopping for something and you can't find what you want which is kind of how the business started really Oh, brilliant. You're preempting my next question. <laughs> sorry, so, sorry. So, so what horrendous shopping experience where you simply could not find what you were looking for, which prompted probably some kind of hissy fit, or what if it was me, at least, uh, that turned um, your hobby, well, or developed into a business from being a knitter. I just couldn't find a project bag that wasn't Kath Kidson. No offence to any of you who love Kath Kidson, but that is my idea of hell. I don't do flowery. I'm not a girly girl. Um, And I just wanted something that wasn't kind of that whole knitting's for Nana thing. And everything's very pastel and everything's just very floral and that just wasn't me at all and I was really struggling to find anything in the UK that I loved that I really wanted to get out on public transport and knit (laughs) with rather than it being some embarrassing thing where it's bad enough that you knit and you get some hilarious looks but also if you get out some floral bag I'm single that's not going to get me a man (laughs) (laughs) so that was kind of where it all kind of started I was just kind of couldn't find what I wanted and everything I loved in the US by the time you get it here it's so expensive that you just kind of go that's more than you spent on the yarn to knit something and although it lasts a lot longer 
it kind of wasn't money for quality really so that's kind of where it came from and I just didn't have the greatest year last year with work wasn't particularly happy so decided that this was my distraction from that I could do this on top of a full-time job (laughs) because I have loads of free time of course um I don't belong in an office. I've never wanted to be someone who sits at a desk all day. I wanted to be in an art gallery covered in paint or doing something creative. That's who I am. So this means that I get to be me more than putting a suit on and go into the office all day. So I've been really enjoying it. Brilliant. I'm actually going to push you on there. How exactly do you plan to find a <laughs> find a gentleman friend with your bags? And is that indeed a quality that, you know, if anyone wants to purchase one, that they should expect to enjoy? <laughs> Who knows? There's the question. Oh, it depends. You might find the, the right man for you actually does like Kath Kidson, but who knows about these things, really? Yeah, I can't say that knitting's really um, bought me any men friends so far, but you never know. Anything <laughs> I love it. I can just see you like turning up one day at someone's wedding in an entire suit made out of one of your fabrics. And because someone's met each other via the medium (laughs) of a project bag. It's amazing. Make them no, they could have a lovely matching tie to go with my project bag, perhaps. Oh yeah, they could do like the whole colour match thing, couldn't they? Where like they theme the wedding around one of your project bags. I love it. Excellent. I'm doing that. Yeah, totally. It's like a really good (laughs) blog post. So, as you've already alluded to, this is a part-time business for you that you've branched into to sort of play to your creative side and to give you that outlet for your creativity. So, what does a typical day look like for you then? Um, Generally getting up earlier than I ever want to and going off to work. So, literally, I am in the office until anywhere between 5 and 6 p.m this year last year it was around 8 p.m so it's definitely an improvement since I changed jobs and then it's kind of home and start on whatever I've got going on with the business whether it's finding fabric whether it's planning what's coming whether it's making bags making stitch markers just kind of fitting everything in around dinner and all that kind of joyous stuff that you get to do washing and cleaning and if I'm having a quiet time or I'm on a really boring conference call at work, you'll often find me typing away on a blog post or researching some fabric on the work computer. So it's not a complete disaster being in an office all day. Of course, we're hoping none of your employers are listening to this podcast. <laughs> hey, my line manager sits next to me and he's like, what are you want? Are you looking at a knitting website? I'm like, this is Ravelry. What's that? Oh, God. Don't even get me started. Let's not talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. And what's your favourite part then? Say like, so you're in the office and you are a little bit bored um, or feeling uninspired. What is your favourite kind of job? What's your favourite part of the business that you look forward to and think, I really can't wait to get home and do? I really enjoy looking at new fabrics. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something really exciting and you can lose, you know what the internet's like with Twitter and Facebook and everything else. You lose hours to the internet. I can lose hours to fabric websites utterly hours finding exactly what it is I want and what then once you've found one what's going to go with it so that you've got a nice kind of cohesive mix of you know I like my fun I've got bright pink zebras but I've also got some things that are a little more grown up but who doesn't like bright pink zebras so it's that whole kind of 
finding something that you like everything I really like so I hope that everybody else likes it it's kind of my taste I don't necessarily pick it going oh someone would really like that it's kind of I really like that it's my kind of style mm-hmm. yeah awesome so um I guess we've I've, I've, I've now jumped the gun on my own question <laughs> So tell us a bit more about that, your creative process. When you go in and you're like, right, I need to make a new line of bags and I'm going to find some new fabrics. How do you go about narrowing it down? Because there must be loads of choice on the internet and fabric providers of, you know, different things you could go with. And a lot of them come as a kind of collection themselves and they're already paired up with things that go with them. Where, where do you start? I think it's, for me, it's finding that one that I really like. Be it sheep and hats coming soon by the way sheep and hats um, <laughs> or dogs you know. in knitwear obviously dogs <laughs> oh my in god knitwear. we have to do that joe <laughs> totally need to do dogs in knitwear one googling that once i get off with you today do they have a dog <laughs> knitwear? who will design this for us right we need to do that anyone who wants to volunteer please let one of us know um and it's just finding that one kind of thing that starts me off be it a colorway and then I go oh that would look really nice with that or that'll go really nice in a collection or it's very much a that probably won't go but it is amazing and people will love it it's there is a lot of choice out there and I generally have four or five websites that are my go-to that I always kind of start with those ones and then start looking for other things from there that will go with it or something a bit different to kind of bring bring people fabrics that they wouldn't necessarily see as a bag mm-hmm. I think that's the key thing it's finding something bright and modern that other people may not choose or probably wouldn't choose cool that is like a strong point I think of your particular aesthetic with the bags is that much as we love tweet and I do have a project bag where there's a bunny rabbit on a moped pulling balloons along that I mean, we, fabulous, we, we all like a little it's not like twee really it's, it's quite pared down for me um but we all like twee you know but it seems like there's only twee available yeah and it's nice to have something that's not yeah it's either all twee or all drawstring mm. which is a choice but i like to be able to zip my things in that's kind of my thing i don't want things falling out i'm very much a travel knitter most of the time i don't sit around at home and knit very much especially since starting the business so I'm throwing it in and out of my handbag on the bus on the tube so I need to be able to stop it rolling around and coming off the needles so zips were kind of the key thing for me really. Cool so speaking of journeys and being a travel knitter um, no journey is ever a smooth one and running a business has its ups and downs can you think about a time where things maybe didn't quite go to plan what happened and what did you learn as a result of it? That's I. That's a really hard question. I don't know about anything that kind of hasn't gone to plan. I used to be a PA, very big planner. Very big planner. All I do is write plans and lists and all that kind of thing. I think the big thing is I don't think I was ever prepared for how much work there was to do. You just think, oh, I'll start a business. That'll be really easy. Not easy, but kind of like, I can do that. I've got a few hours a week. But you kind of don't think about the things 
you know, all your social media. And then if you five minutes after launching your business decide to, you know, sign up to do a stall at Edinburgh Yarn Festival, all kind of you just don't realise how much time it's going to take up. As much as you enjoy it, it does take over your life. And I think that's been a big learning for me. Mm. And I think that's been the key thing, not like I love nearly every second of it sometimes when it's late at night and I'm gluing things it's not so much but it is a amazing thing to be able to do and it's a great achievement but it's that wow this is way more work than I ever thought it would be and has cost way more money than I ever thought it would <laughs> but I like it I'm enjoying it and hopefully people are enjoying my bags so I think that's nice and I'm shipping to all sorts of places. Very popular in Sweden. Very excited by that. So it's been good. So what would you say your takeaway is in terms of how much more time and kind of money to start up do you think you need than what you thought? What would be like your, how do you, would you sum that up in one sentence? I think when I started and I was doing 12 hour work days at my day job, that was the free time I had was not enough time to launch a business. Mm. I think more on my kind of nine to five. I'd probably have been much more relaxed about it if I only worked four days a week. <laughs> but I think it's a more time. The thing is, the more time you've got, the more things you can fill your time doing. Yes. And that doesn't actually mean you're achieving anything. It means you probably spend more time wasting your time doing things that aren't key mm -hmm. or more time on the internet or on Twitter or on Facebook. So I think that's a learning for me is not having a huge amount of time means that I have to be more focused about what I do do. That doesn't mean to say I don't waste time because I do. <laughs> who, doesn't, who doesn't love a good Instagram hour? But it is one of those where you kind of go, yeah, I've only got two hours tonight. So what do I need to get done? Which is why I'm always... 47 different lists of things and plans but it's the only way you can kind of actually achieve things to make something its success eventually I don't want this to be a part-time thing I want this to be a full-time thing so there's a lot of work to do to get it there yeah definitely I think you brought up a really good point there about constraints and sometimes constraints are a really good thing because they really they force you to focus on the big levers in your business and the big things that are going to make a difference because you've only got a certain amount of time to do it in whereas like you said a lot of the time you can you can kind of waste time on things that they probably help a bit but maybe aren't key yeah and I think at the beginning I did a lot of those things and I'm much more kind of now right I can't especially with Edinburgh yarn festival prep that's kind of taken over so any other things you need to be doing have to be key things that you get done and things do slip by the wayside and you kind of go oh that's really bad of me but you kind of have to go do you know what there's only so many hours in the day you can't beat yourself up all the time because you haven't done a blog post or haven't sent out a newsletter it's kind of working out what's manageable yeah definitely and as you say it's kind of prioritizing those big key issues so taking it then from learning a lot about running a business and what's involved to the high point what's been the best thing so far i think opening the knitter magazine and appearing in there 
was really exciting because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're kind of like oh my god and I think that was in the first I think that was in the first two months I was opened and I kind of knew I'd submitted stuff to them but you never know it's going to happen and then you open it and you're like ah that's me it was really exciting and I think also getting accepted for a stall at Edinburgh mm-hmm. was huge especially seeing as I really hadn't been open very long I think I applied even before I'd launched knowing that after how amazing it was last year I wanted to be there there's some amazing people there but I don't think I ever kind of imagined I'd get a spot because mm. you're so new you're kind of like people have to take a risk on you so that was a really like that's been the exciting things for me and of course when you sell things like the when you open your stop and shop and you've done a lot of kind of work to get it there and work to get it open and told everyone you're launching and then actually your emails ping because people have bought things is that actually you're doing something that people like and that's quite an exciting thing because the last thing you want is to put yourself and your products out there and have nobody like them which is everybody's fear deep down somewhere I think I think it's everybody's fear full stop to be honest (laughs) and um, I'm going to push you on the Edinburgh thing what exciting things because you are going to Edinburgh Yarn Festival. It's your first ever show. Yep. And very it's Edinburgh exciting. Yarn Festival. Yep. What should we be looking out for? What should we put on our lists, virtual or otherwise? Because I understand <laughs> there's a plan to look after everyone. Yep. Because you're, you're a genius. Um, <laughs> what should we put on our list? What am I going to buy from you at Edinburgh? I have some wonderful new fabrics for my bags. And... I am also launching my Notion kits, which are basically tiny, um, not really tiny actually, but fairly small zipped fabric bags. And they basically come with all the tools that you need, well, that I think you need in your project bag on a daily basis, especially if you're traveling. So tiny scissors, stitch markers, you've got... um, a tiny crochet hook for picking up stitches, there's a highlighter, there's pencils, there's stitch holders, there's a metre of waist yarn so you can do your afterthought heels, there's all sorts of stuff in there and you'll get it all as a kit, perfect, throw it in your project bag, job done, travelling somewhere, hopefully you've got everything in there and room for more things. I love it, I'm going to put a stair kit in there, maybe put a plaster in as well. <laughs> We could do that if you needed to. Well, you know, if you're going to be walking around Edinburgh Yarn Festival, you might get blisters. That'd be really handy. That is true, actually. And my husband's really clumsy. We t- I totally have to be carrying quite a bit of first aid paraphernalia at all times. You must basically. do that with kids as well, though, right? Wet wipes and all those kind of, you know, snacks. You're yeah. the best person to go to a yarn festival with. Mm, yeah, but not so much in my handbag because I oh. tend to try and keep that as a child-free zone. But I do have like a husband for stake in there because he is incredibly clumsy. Love it. I so, am too. I'll find yeah. you when I'm uh, when I've got blisters from standing on my stool. Although I was contemplating today whether or not I could get away with wearing my UGG slippers on my stool. <laughs> that would be the most. Are you going to go in your pajamas? <laughs> do you know what? If I could. I would, I but it. no, I'd quite like, I'm quite happy to go in my jeans, but I'd quite like to be wearing my slippers, the comfortablest things ever, but yeah, I'm not sure I'm brazen enough for that really. Love it. So taking it then from exciting Edinburgh Yarn Festival chat, 
what one thing that you know now did you wish you had known when you first picked up a ball of yarn on that impulse journey prompted by a questionable <laughs> John Lewis scarf kit? <laughs> I need to find a picture of this actually. I you bet just you totally do. It somewhere I'm going to get her to take a picture because it was just awful. Um, I think my my weakness of the world now is hand eye yarns. Mm-hmm. I really don't very often buy anything that isn't hand dyed anymore i've become a massive yarn snob <laughs> but i kind of think around yarn is i kind of wish i'd knit everything out of hand dyed yarn but you know we're not millionaires unfortunately but yeah all about the hand dyed yarns love it so go on then desert island skeins you're going to be marooned on a desert island and you could only take one of these beautiful hand-dyed skins or balls of yarn, what would it be and why? I actually really struggle to narrow it down. Can I please take something grey, if nothing else? Well, I assumed it would be grey. (laughs) I don't really knit with anything else unless it's grello, of course. But pretty much most of my yarn is grey. And I was thinking something four-ply because it will take longer to knit. Mm-hmm. Although I did kind of go, maybe a self-stripe for socks, because I do love a pair of vanilla self-stripe socks. Everyone loves self-stripe. It's the most dangerous thing in the world. Everyone. Went to Unravel, not on my buying list, ended up with an easy knit self-stripe yarn. Oops. Mm-hmm. That's what half of my my stash is full of. So yeah, it could be a self-stripe of some description with grey in of course I do have a lovely neon and two shades of grey from Canada I'm trying to think who died it scrumptious pearl yes that I haven't knitted yet actually I might take that as my travel knitting for Edinburgh I think you should I remember because it's got that highlighter yellow in it which is my favourite colour well not my favourite colour but I really love it so yeah it's utterly amazing Mm -hmm. so yeah something like that where it's a really like bright and layery self-stripe because of course who wouldn't wear socks on a desert island mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> just, socks. Mix, just socks and a budget just, bag exactly sorted you're done <laughs> oh, wait for robinson crusoe to turn up <laughs> if only that'd be the only way i'd get a man with Brilliant. my project uh, that, that could be a channel five afternoon film match easy <laughs> easy anyone from channel five is listening you can have that for free yep um, so taking it then from questionable afternoon viewing on Channel 5 <laughs> to your favourite or go-to resource for yarn craft or business that you couldn't do without. I do love my Asana project management tool. Of course you do. <laughs> Asana's <laughs> <Which> is... amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that is my kind of go-to place for writing lists most of the time, apart from when they ban your phone at work and you have to write a paper list. Um, but do you know what? Some I think my favourite go-to thing is actually the knitting community. Mm-hmm. I've got some fab knitting friends who, no matter what your problem is or your weird question is or the kind of day you're having, someone's going to give you some advice on something or pick you up. Or And I think that's, that's actually been key to me since I started my business, is the kind of people that are around you mm-hmm. who kind of encourage you or kick you up the arse to do things um so i think they're kind of my favorite place to go for things yeah i think it's people more than 
tools as such. Cool. I like how you've gone both sides of the fence there. You've gone to the like, this is how I organise my life. But I like to <laughs> hang out with the nice people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People are important. I love Asana. It's my favourite thing ever. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, not ever. People, it's fine until people drink Prosecco and put things on your list at it half is. past 11 at night and you it wake is. up and go, oh, someone's given me to-dos. wonder who that would be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. I don't know what you mean. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so where is the best place then for the listeners to come and find you? So you can find me on my website, www.thelittlegreygirl.com. You can find my products in the Etsy store. It's looking a bit bare at the moment ahead of Edinburgh, but there will be some updates coming. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Twitter as the little grey underscore girl, I think. There's a question. Joe, can you put it in the show notes because I can't remember? <laughs> yeah, because you never like tag yourself. That'd be weird. No, exactly. I'm, I'm tagging like... my other self. <laughs> what? <laughs> So, yeah, they're the best places to find me. Cool. And you have a mailing list, don't you? I do have a mailing list, and the sign-up is on my website. Lovely. Well, we'll link to that in the show notes, because yeah. I'm assuming there will be some lovely things to look forward to ahead of and post-Edinburgh in your emporium of wondrousness. There definitely is, so it's definitely time to get signed up. Super. So, do you have any parting words of advice for those who are maybe thinking about getting into the industry? do it it's scary but it's massively worth doing just be prepared for all the stuff that you never thought of because I think it's those things that you kind of go oh yeah I need to do that and you never thought of it um which can be quite time consuming but it's definitely the best decision I've ever made despite being a massive time eater Cool. So what is next? Let's get excited. We've already talked about Edinburgh a little bit. What can we look forward to from the little grey girl over the next few months? So Edinburgh's first. What are we, two weeks away? Something like that now. Very excited for all the yarn fumes already, although I will not be running around like a lunatic. I'm writing a list. That's what I'm doing. And only buying the things on my list. Not. Okay. (laughs) If you see me at Edinburgh walking around with tons of stuff, you'll know that I've gone completely off list and do like if you're coming to Edinburgh come by say hello introduce yourself because I'll be hanging out by myself um so things coming up there's a few things in the pipeline I'm just wondering what I can share at the moment because nothing's really definite I'm gonna have a couple of collaborations coming out which is quite exciting so have a look for some products that are going to be coming featured with other people which is really great um yeah nothing else at the moment is really definite but I've got about seven things on my list of things that are going to come but until I kind of get a bit further in the process it's a little bit hard to kind of promise you anything I don't want to get you all excited and then disappoint you when it doesn't happen Obviously, it is all going to happen. We like <laughs> a little bit of mystery and intrigue on the That's podcast. True. That's true. So, so, yes, watch this space. It's definitely a year of growing and developing this year, seeing as I've only been open since October. So, what's that? October the 9th. So, in two days, is that six months? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, six months in two days. So, that's, you know, 
been quite exciting. Not for so bad effort for six months. No, I would suggest. <laughs> if I said, you know, once I've had a little rest after Edinburgh, it'll all be go for what's next then. Mm, awesome. Well then, I think that's all we've got time for on the questions front. So thank you so much for agreeing to come onto the show and for sharing um, all of your knowledge and a considerable amount of banter with us today. <laughs> it's been really great. My absolute pleasure. Super. Did you have fun? I did. It was quite a good laugh. And I hope you had a laugh along with us as well and enjoyed hearing Gemma's story of how she came to be moonlighting as a purveyor of fine bags to take your knitting from drab to fab. Or some other suitably witty and less cheesy strapline, I'm sure. And as you heard on the podcast, she is going to be at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. It's her first ever festival that she's going to. She's only been on for six months, as you've heard, so it'd be awesome to show her some support. So if you've listened to this interview before you go to Edinburgh, go over to her store and tell her that you have heard her interview on my podcast. And if you give her your name, I will give her a prize of a project bag of mine for each day, Shiny Bee's one to compliment the beautiful one she has and we'll put your names in a draw uh, to win a project bag uh, from me as well so you could double up you could get that major project bag madness over there and um obviously i'll know as well who's already listened to the show and has gone over there and said hello because it's, it's a bit daunting on your first show so i think giving her a bit of nitty love will go down really well and i know you guys are really good at that so i am looking forward to seeing you in the podcast lounge and do definitely go and say hi to Gemma and tell her um, that you heard the interview and uh, go and have a look at all her cool stuff. Also Gemma has very kindly offered one of her special notions pouches for a giveaway in the Rewind Cal. So if you're taking part in the Rewind Cal that is going to be one of the prizes as well which is pretty cool. Going to get all prized up for this knit along and uh, have lots of fun doing it. We've got two teams ongoing for that at the moment. We've got Team Not Lush and Team Lush. And there's lots of people knitting the Lush cardigan, including myself. So if you are doing that pattern and want to come join in after the fact, you can. It's, you can join any time. Um, if you are reliving one of your past favourite knit-alongs or one that you wish you'd taken part of, part in, you can be in uh, Team Not Lush and uh, there's plenty of, of good fun and banter already ongoing over there as well in the Ravelry group. So I think that's all we've got time for uh, today. I hope you've enjoyed the show and enjoyed the interview with Gemma as much as I enjoyed recording it. We have quite a good laugh as you can tell and I hope you will all have a great week. Happy crafting and I'll speak to you all again soon. Bye! to the shiny bees podcast a podcast for those who like their knitting comedy and yarn in equally large measures if you'd like to get in contact with me you can do so via the blog or i'm shiny bees on ravelry instagram twitter pinterest and facebook you can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com music for this episode is provided by a music alley and it is adam and the water boys and i need a drink 
need a drink. 